Hi, I'm Talissa. And I'm Rachel, and this is Transatlantic Crime, a true crime podcast that covers stories from each side of the pond. Every week, we will both cover a separate story with a running theme. Disclaimer, this podcast will contain swearing and details that some people may find offensive. If you are of a sensitive disposition, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Transatlantic Crime. Yeah, so this week, not much chit chat. Let's chit chat during. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get straight into it because mine's a dense story and so is mine. I don't know what you're doing. Okay. <laughs> who's going who's going first? You, I think. Wait. Okay. It? Yeah, I'm just gonna say you. Fine. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> So the theme this week, which I it like popped into my head, was fake press conferences. Which yes. I fucking love like when you right. look back and you knew you know that they're lying. I love yes. looking at their their behavior and seeing if you can tell they're a liar. Oh man, like, oh, yeah, I love it. I don't love it like I hate it, but I love it. Not just press conferences, just like, like news, you yeah. know, news were- interviews. Those as well. That that's under the umbrella of our theme this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like being being in the media, lying your tits off is yeah. what they're doing. So my one is a really famous one that I didn't actually know about because it happened like when I was a kid. So I I didn't I didn't find out about it until maybe like a couple of years ago when I was just watching like random crime shows like on YouTube. So yeah, this is the story of Tracy Andrews and Lee Harvey. Don't know if you heard it. So Tracy Andrews was born on the 9th of April 1969. She was the middle of three siblings and had several half siblings. Her mother, Irene Carter stated that Tracy had a normal upbringing within the surrounding areas of Birmingham. After years of ups and downs, her parents finally divorced when she was six, and this was said to have deeply affected her. Dude, who doesn't... What divorce doesn't affect a kid? (laughs) Yeah. Awful. It'd be Um, weird if it didn't. Yeah, it would, yeah. Soon after the divorce, her mum got remarried. Doesn't say to who, but doesn't seem like she was happy about it. So when she was old enough, she got a job as a barmaid, but it was a well-known fact that she had aspirations of becoming a model and she did like a few kind of amateur like modeling shoots. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's pictures of pictures of that online and it's just like typical, typical 80s, like fantastically huge hair, like blonde, <laughs> looks like you're in a, looks like she's in a wind tunnel, yes. blurry Vaseline black, like background. <laughs> Is she like so, 16? Uh, around like, yeah, she was like under 21 when, that's, when this also- was happening. In the 80s, when people did that, 16-year-olds looked like 35-year-olds. I know, That's right? what the makeup and hair was... made them look like. It was like a dark lip. A dark lip yeah. and a very high eyeshadow. Okay. <laughs> an, eyeshadow, an eyeshadow all the way up to the eyebrow. Oh, jeez. Um, so, in 1991, when Tracy was 21, she had a baby girl and she named her Carla. But the relationship didn't last. And by the time she was 22, they'd broken up. Yeah, Tracy shared custody of her with her ex-boyfriend, Andy. So around the town, Tracy had a reputation for being extremely jealous in her relationships. She was possessive Mm. and would fly into a rage when they, if her partner organized nights out without her or they mentioned their past relationships. Her temper was well known and during arguments with partners, she was known to be violent and extremely and explosively angry. 
Mate, sounds like me when I was in my 20s. Previous boyfriends... I was a fucking psycho. Uh, Previous boyfriends had reported that Tracy... I really was unbearable. They reported that Tracy was easily provoked, volatile, and had been violent towards them during arguments. Um, So in 1994, she was 25, and she was working in a shoe shop. And she met bus driver Lee Lee Harvey in a pub close to their homes in Birmingham. Lee, this is grim, but like I thought I'd include it because it's just like Lee later told his friends and family that Tracy was the best sex he ever had. (laughs) Who wants to hear that? (laughs) Nobody. Nobody. Telling your friends and family. (laughs) Hey, mum. What friends are? (laughs) Hey, mum. Just wanted to let you know. Just so you know. As friends, you you're like, oh, I'm really happy for you. Moving on, yeah, quickly. Like she's the best sex you've ever had because she's fucking mental. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's always the case, yeah. isn't it? Everyone always says that the crazier you are, the better the sex is, which is probably true. Again, so. true of me in my twenties. I was way better in bed in my twenties <laughs> than I am now. <laughs> now I'm just like, get on with it. <laughs> Back then, I put in effort. <laughs> Right, so Lee um, Lee Harvey, who she met, had a daughter called Danielle, who was the same age as Tracy's daughter, Carla. And so okay. those two got on really well and they would like play together. Aww. And yeah, it's really cute. And as the single parents of little girls, they had loads in common. So they were soon sharing their weekends together when they had the kids. They fell in love really quickly and moved in together in the town of A- Ugh, Aval Church, Worcestershire. Mm. You know, like Worcestershire okay. is the worst English word because it's like yes, Worcestershire War- is how it's spelled. Worcestershire, yeah, but you say it. Yeah, but you say it Worcestershire. Um, yeah, but I stumbled over Alva Church. <laughs> Worcestershire is in the southwest of England, uh, so it's just above Bristol where I live, and it's next door to Wales, so it's on the Welsh border. Okay. So again, in this relationship, the pattern continued, and they were both really jealous and possessive. Their neighbours reported hearing screaming arguments at all hours of the day. They would constantly break up and get back together. Again, are you talking about my relationship in my 20s? (laughs) Listen, if you're in that right now where you're breaking up and you're getting back together constantly. Oh, just just stop it. Move on. You don't need that headache. There's better things out there for you. It's really stressful. It's so stressful. Like, the... Like, I can't bear it anymore. Like, I remember my yeah. relationship with that French guy. He was like, oh, you know, let's, like, leave it a week and see if we still want to be together. I was like, no, I'm not mm, waiting. I was like, no. no. I, I'm, i like, in hell right now, in this limbo right. of not knowing if we're together. Like, get fucked. So, yeah. <laughs> Life, life's too short, dump them, is yeah. my advice. Okay, so Lee's parents and sister found Tracy to be arrogant, self-obsessed, and controlling from the moment that they met her. So that's great. Typically, the arguments that they had would stem from Tracy's belief that Lee was still in love with his ex. And in turn, Lee would accuse Tracy of still wanting to be with Andy, who is the father of her child. Guys, if you uh, both feel that, then just leave. Don't deal with it. The drama. Let the the other person handle it themselves. I can't. I can't deal. Even reading this stresses me out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So after each argument, Lee would pack his bags and return to his parents' home, stating that their relationship was over. This went on for two years. (laughs) No. He's 20. This is from when he was 23 until he was 25. So that that is the kind of bullshit you do at that age, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Been there. 
Can you imagine him coming in with his bags? His mum's like, upstairs, oh, drop again. your washing in the washing bin. <laughs> <laughs> Lasagna's in the oven. Like, just yeah. fucking whatever. Uh, they went on, this went on for two years, and Lee confided in his mum that Tracy had an awful temper during this time and that they were sometimes violent towards one another. Family and mm. friends were worried about the relationship, convinced that they were no good for one another, having witnessed some of their awful arguments. Police were also called to the couple's address many times after each of them had reported domestic abuse on both sides. Okay. Again, legal issues, red yes. flags. Well, no matter how um, many times... Yeah, dump them. Um, no matter how many times his family or friends warned him, Lee would openly admit that Tracy was the love of his life and he could not give up on the relationship. This was how I felt about Mental Dave. And let's look where that went. <laughs> to be fair, part of me still thinks of him as the love of my life when really it was Aww. just the most dramatic relationship I ever had. Yeah. <laughs> that My first serious relationship was very similar. But yeah. now I'm like, no, hell no, never going back. Never. No, <laughs> no, mate. So, like, I cut men off for nothing these days. Like, <laughs> for fuck all. Although recently, Speaking right? Speaking of, oh, yeah. Don't you yeah. have a story to tell? <laughs> oh my god, I got so many. <laughs> I felt like so. Obviously, I've been like dating in the past like couple of months. One story, like, so I've got two stories. I'll try and be quick. I don't know why. Like, okay. I'm the one who has to go somewhere, but like. <laughs> So one of them was like, went on a couple of dates with this guy and it was going really well. And he was like, do you know what? Like, I just want to take things really slow. I was like, okay. And we yeah. went, we went on a date to the park and he bought like, I bought a blanket and some cans and he bought like a cup of tea and a flask. Like it was just really cute. And we had a nice time. Aww. And then, and then he said, can I come back to yours? And I was like, no, we all know what's going to This gonna is happen. after he said he wanted to take it slow? before okay okay and then i said no and then he said oh yeah. i just want to take a slow i was like well yeah okay anyway okay <laughs> um, this was my idea it, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> no i want to take it slow okay yeah. <laughs> um so anyway he went uh i went i went away for the weekend and i texted him on the friday and i think he like replied like a one word answer text him on the saturday he didn't reply no he looked at it and didn't reply text oh. him a bit later on he didn't look at it because, like, basically, he had his timestamp on and his blue ticks on on WhatsApp. Okay. So yeah. I can see when he's been online and I can see when he's looked at the message. Right. And I looked and he'd been online but hadn't, like, opened my conversation to look at the message. I was like, do you think you're, like, fucking James Bond? Like, I obviously know <laughs> that you have your phone in your hand, you stupid cunt. So, right. <laughs> and then, like, I text him being like, oh, um, so how, how are you doing? didn't reply like looked at his whatsapp okay. but not at my message didn't reply <sighs> and then i text and then i text him again being like seriously you okay and this was like this is over like you know sort of 24 hours this is happening yeah. right so it's not it's there is no physical way anything is wrong with him he hasn't got his phone he's lost his phone there's no no none of that's happened right you know like no. all the excuses you go through none of them have happened right right so <laughs> i thought right fuck you so it got to sunday night and I called him on a private number and like a oh. grade A and like a grade A fucking weapon he answered. So, like, <laughs> what a fool, right? So, oh no. Don't so answer a went, number you don't know. No, dickhead. So I went I went, Oh hiya. Is is that um I don't know, let's make up a name for him. <laughs> Barry. I went, 
is that oh, Barry? God. And he, he went, he went, he went, yeah, who's this? I went, oh, it's Talissa. He was like, oh, hi. And I was like, is there, I was like, is there a reason that you haven't answered my messages? Are you all right? And he was like, uh, uh, um, yeah, like, uh, I just, yeah, I've just been, you know, just been like taking it easy. Oh, also, side note, I looked on his Bumble profile and he'd updated his Bumble pictures in this time. Oh. So I went to him, well, you've updated your Bumble photos. So <laughs> he went, uh, uh, yeah, like completely just caught off guard. And then I went, loser. And then I went, because he was supposed to come around my house on the Tuesday. And I was like, if you don't want to come around, like, you don't have to. Like, you can just tell me. You don't have yeah. to ignore me. I'm giving you a, a way out. Yeah, I was like, ignoring someone when you're clearly looking at your phone, but ignoring their particular messages is really rude. And he mm-hmm. was like, uh, um, okay, I'm like, I'm really sorry. And he, he was like, I, I think I just need friends at the moment. I don't really want like a relationship. I was like, well, oh, you've that's been why really... you updated your Bumble profile. Yes. And that's what he said. I was like, well, you're being pretty fucking misleading. I was yeah. like, you're basically lying. And then he was like, don't call me a liar. I'm not a liar. Oh. Take that back. He said, take that back. What? Are you seven? <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, I won't fucking take it back. I was like, you're a liar. And then. And then uh, he just started like shouting and then I just put the phone down and didn't speak to him ever again. That would be hilarious if you were like, okay, I take it back. I know. Not really. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Psych. (laughs) Psych. (laughs) Well, I'm rubbing your glute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What a cock. (laughs) Oh, geez. So he was seven years old. Uh, he was actually 43. But you know what? Okay. You don't you don't get to ghost me. I will not no. let it happen. So if you think you're going to be able to like take me out on two dates and then ignore my messages all day, you're fucking wrong. And I don't care right. if that makes me a psycho. I really don't. <laughs> it doesn't. You're calling people out and that's what more people need to do. It's 2021. Yeah, Man up. You need... Yeah. You need to be accountable be for your fucking shit behavior. Yeah. Yes. I was like, well, obviously, you don't want to go out again. So you should just tell me that. Like, if I right. liked you more, I could be sat here all Sunday, like, upset, checking my phone, like, yeah. crying, like, which I would have been doing if I was 23. But now right. I'm basically 33. I'm like, I'm calling this motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> on a private number. I'm facing this head on. You don't get to fucking ignore me. <laughs> Well, you didn't tell me about that story, and I love it. Good job. Good. But I was Good. thinking of another story that you uh, posted about earlier this week, but we oh, should get right, back yeah. to murder. And you can, oh, yeah. Maybe you can I'll save that one for next that. week. <laughs> I'll save that one for next week. One, okay. one, aw- one awful story about my dating life at a time, please, people. Yeah. Okay. So- <laughs> right. So... Yeah, so he said that Tracy was the love of his life and that he couldn't give up on the relationship. It was six months after meeting her that, to everyone's surprise, Lee proposed and Tracy said yes. Oh. So uh, this, however, backfired when another member of Lee's family announced their engagement and Tracy lost her temper, accusing them of stealing her limelight. Oh, no. (laughs) That is bad, isn't it? In October 1996, police came to the house after being called to discover that Lee had a huge bite mark on his neck that Tracy had inflicted. What? 
so Tracy's a buyer. That's weird. Um, in the yeah, in the summer of nineteen, it really fucking hurts someone biting you. Um, yes, it really does. An adult. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not, not that cool. I've ever been bitten by an adult, but I've been bitten <laughs> by a child. And <laughs> plenty times. And kids don't hold back. <laughs> right. But like they they're little. Like they've got little yeah. teeth, little jaws. <laughs> little fuckers. <laughs> In the summer of nineteen ninety six, Tracy informed Lee that she was pregnant with his child. At the time, many believed that this blessing would cause Tracy to realise that Lee was dedicated to her. It was in August of the same year that Tracy rang Lee crying and telling him to come home. On arriving back to their shared flat, Tracy broke down and told Lee she'd fallen down some steps while out and had lost the baby. Although oh. Lee's fam yeah, although Lee's family were not fond of Tracy, they rushed to be at her side. It was later in the year, on the twenty fifth of October, when Tracy informed Lee that she had not lost the baby through an accident, but in fact she'd had an abortion. Oh. So she just lied. Yeah, and I don't know why she had an abortion. Probably just like, I don't know, because they kept breaking up and get back together. She was like, I don't know, maybe mm. she just thought, fuck it, we're breaking up. Yeah. It was following this argument that the physical abuse from both parties began to really show. The police were called to domestic incidents again. Lee packed his bags and returned to his parents. And his mum reported that she saw scratches and bruises on his arms and face. Tracy's mother also reported that she had scratches and bruises on her. So okay. they're just like having a scrap basically. Um, on the 30th of November 1996, Lee and Tracy met at a local pub to make up after a full day of intense arguments. Ugh. No. <laughs> Exhausting. And yes. I've so been there. I've so done that. I'm tired. I'm tired already. <laughs> I know Can we've we been arguing all fucking day. <laughs> but I reckon getting drunk might fix it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, what kind no. of a, that is a 25 year old's idea, isn't it? <laughs> they left the pub after midnight, so it was technically the next day on the 1st of December. And they were heading back to their flat when they got into a road, raid, road rage incident. A car had followed Tracy and Lee back from the pub and sped past them on a small country lane. They then slowed down in front of them and two men motioned for them to pull over. Tracy said when Lee got out of the car, the men confronted him and stabbed him repeatedly and then drove off. Hmm. The noise of the... So, mm, yeah, you're suspicious already. Mm. <laughs> so the, no, the, no, yeah, the noise of the attack had, attra had attracted the attention of a male resident who lived nearby. He came out of his house and saw Lee lying on the floor, bruised and covered in blood with Tracy standing over him. The man ran back to his house and called an ambulance because it's 1996, so pretty much no one has a mobile phone. Yeah. When the police arrived, they noted that the car hadn't stopped in a hurry but was very neatly parked at the side of the road. Emergency services concluded that Lee had been stabbed in the back, throat, and his front 42 times. Whoa. He died... That is a lot. He died from a wound in his neck that severed his artery. So, in an attempt to catch the perpetrators, Tracy was asked to hold a press conference on the 3rd of December, two days after the incident. She sobbed uncontrollably and begged for the man to give himself up. She was holding Lee's mother's hand as she said... The man who did the stabbing was the passenger in a Ford Sierra and was a fat man with staring eyes. She claimed that he'd wrenched the car door open and stabbed Lee repeatedly before driving off. She was sporting a black eye that she said she'd gotten during the struggle. 
She said it was a road rage incident, but the driver of the attacker's car was not to blame and that he should come forward. During the conference, she also gave a different timeline of events, so much so that the police had to step in and stop her while she was telling the story to the press. Despite what? being, I want to watch yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good, actually. It's like a really interesting watch. Despite being supposedly in shock, she spoke eloquently and did dramatic impressions of the attackers. There's a famous picture of her face, and she's like basically gurning, and it kind of she's trying to like look like the bloke that did the attack. Oh. But they free they free they freeze framed it, and she looks fucking mental. Um, wow! So it's not a good look for her. After the press conference, police became suspicious. So there's yeah. a really good program, right, called Faking It that's on Discovery ID. It's so good. Like they they basically go over body language and like how you can tell someone's lying and all this stuff. Um, yeah. And they have an episode on her which I watched, and she says in it. I just tried to stop the bleeding, really. So the guy that is looking at this video, he's like, he claims that saying really at the end is unnecessary. Like, you mm. would just say, I just tried to stop the bleeding. But because right. she said, I, I tried to stop the bleeding, really, it's like she's trying to qualify her efforts that she really did that. Right. So that that's one of the things that she did. Okay. Um, and also, she's seen doing a single-sided shoulder shrug which is a good indicator of deception as it's totally involuntary and it shows a lack of concern. So mm. you'll see people who are lying will shrug a lot when they're yeah. telling you the story. You wouldn't shrug if you were telling a serious fucking story about your boyfriend getting no. stabbed to death. Why would you be right. shrugging? That's not a natural, I don't know. That's not like the natural body language that would go you're, with. You're so serious. Like you're not, like shrugging is kind of like a lighthearted yeah. Thing. So if you were like so serious talking about a truthful thing that happened, you wouldn't you wouldn't be like, yeah, shrugging. Yeah, I'm shrugging. Oh, <laughs> you, you, obviously, this is a podcast, but you can't see Rachel yeah. shrugging repeatedly. <laughs> she looks very casual though. So yeah. just goes to show. Um, she also she also swallows really hard and pauses during the statement, which is indicating that she's trying to buy herself some more time. Yeah. Um, I think that's someone who's nervous. And possibly yeah. lying. Like I yeah. do a lot of like job interviews. Like I interview people when I'm hiring yeah. them. And mm -hmm. I can tell when someone's nervous when they they do that like hard swallow. <laughs> it's like a gulp. Yeah. <laughs> like a cartoon like gulp. Yeah. So anyway, that's a really good, that's a really good show. And that episode is very good as well. They do a really good one mm. on Ted Bundy too. Um, so okay. the police found a witness from a nearby house that said she could clearly hear a man and a woman arguing loudly after the car had parked up. They also found no tire tracks from a car overtaking another car, which there would have been. And it was like a muddy, a muddy country road. There was only okay. one set of tire tracks. Yeah. Lee also had 80 strands of Tracy's hair in his hand when he was found and they still had the roots attached. So pathologists concluded that they must have been ripped out with some force like he was in a struggle with her. Like mm. why would he be ripping her hair out? Right. There's just no reason for that. Yeah. Um after the press conference two witnesses came forward and said that they saw Lee's white Ford pass them on the lane where the murder occurred but they didn't see any car following him. And the way the way Tracy tells it, it was like a high speed chase, basically. Yeah. Um, so on the fourth of December, the day after the press conference, Tracy felt like suspicion was starting to fall on her. So she took an overdose of pills and attempted to kill herself. 
This raised even more suspicion with the police and they arrested her two days later while she was still in hospital. They questioned her there and when she was discharged, she was charged with Lee's murder on the 19th of December 1996 and later released on bail. She did well to be released on bail because fucking hell, she's clearly a flight risk. Um, But I'm sure she was like on tag and being watched and stuff. It was now time to prove that Tracy had murdered Lee. So police searched her house. They found the boots that she was wearing that night and found one of them had a bloodstain in the shape of a knife in the side of it, in the inside, meaning that Tracy had stabbed Lee and then stashed the knife in her boot while the ambulance came and then disposed of of it elsewhere after the coast was clear. Yeah, it was reported that she spent a long time in the toilets at the hospital and it was suggested that that's where she disposed of the knife. Hmm. So many people testified to the fact that Lee kept a pen knife in his car and this was believed to have been the murder weapon. Like, okay. no wonder she had to stab him fucking 42 times with because it was yeah. only a pen knife. The right. blade is like three inches long. That's like a little pocket knife, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a Swiss army knife. Right. Um, so yeah, that must have taken like a lot of work. So fucking, like, fuck me. She must have been so angry to... <laughs> Overpa- to overpower a grown nuts. man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely crackers. So they also seized the jumper that she was wearing that night and examined the blood splatter on it. And it there was a d- direct spray onto the jumper, suggesting that she was facing Lee when his artery was slashed, meaning the random attacker couldn't oh have gosh. done it. It had yeah. to have been her. Right. It was concluded that the events that occurred that night were Tracy and Lee got into another argument and Tracy tried to leave the vehicle Lee went after her and she stabbed him with his own penknife. Many of the wounds were in his back, indicating that he was retreating back to his car as the attack happened, but he never he never made it back. Lee's sister was wow. noted as saying that as soon as she had heard Lee was dead, she immediately knew that it was Tracy that had killed him. Mm. So on the 1st of July, that 1997... Such an, that would be such a horrible feeling. I know, like, right? As soon as you find out, you're like, I know who did it. Yeah, I knew she would do something like this. Yeah, well, it's just domestic violence always escalates, doesn't it? To like one right. or the ah, to like somebody being killed, like right. It's just the like the most likely outcome, like the natural progression of things. Um, yeah. So she appeared at Birmingham Crown Court, charged with Lee's murder. The prosecution was able to show how implausible Tracy's recollection of events was. Most notably, that it was seven minutes between the attackers leaving and the neighbour coming out to find Lee and raising the alarm. This wow. meant Tracy, ha- Tracy had, by her own admission, stood and watched him bleed out without any attempt to find help from the houses, which were just metres away. Wow. Tracy was found guilty on the 29th of July, 1997, and sentenced to life imprisonment with a recommendation that she serve at least 14 years. She tried to appeal on the grounds that the excessive press coverage meant she didn't get a fair trial. But in October of 1998, her appeal was denied. Her daughter went to live with her grandparents. Because I always think, like, what happened to their kids? Right. So I looked that up, and yeah, she went to live with her grandparents. Six months later, in April 1999, Tracy eventually admitted that she was the one that stabbed Lee and that she had made up the entire road rage story and that her black eye was self-inflicted. However, she, she did claimed that, that herself. Yeah, I and w- said would that, have like, thought that he, like, if he was fighting back her, then maybe he would have done it. Yeah, yeah. But no, that's she did even it. worse that she did it herself. I know, right? <laughs> it's fucking so mental. Um, yeah. 
However, she claimed that uh, she stabbed him in self-defense, but this was also unbelievable as the majority of Lee's wounds were in his back as he ran back Mm. to his car. Um, So that's bullshit. During her time in prison, Tracy had a relationship with a fellow female inmate. She spoke to the press and said Tracy was still very jealous and possessive and had strangled her when she found out she'd been speaking with her ex-girlfriend. Oh my the woman gosh. said, "Just don't go near her." She literally went prison bent, and then went mental again. <laughs> Have you heard that? <laughs> Have you heard that phrase? No, I don't think so. Although it must I did be an English phrase. The new black. Yeah, it's an English phrase. I think. Okay. Yeah, they like women just go prison bent so that they can just like fuck during the like, sure. they, something to do. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I'd probably do it. So uh, prison is boring. I'm sure. Yeah. And there's way less stigma about being a lesbian in prison than there is about turning gay in prison for men. Yeah. <laughs> men are all like, oh, you're gay. Like, whereas women are like, sure. <laughs> uh, why not? <laughs> I'd have done it. <laughs> um, the woman said releasing Tracy was a bad idea and that she believed she would kill again. Okay. Um, so this is the last bit. Despite this, Tracy Andrews was released in July 2011. So she <gasps> served... 14 years and that was it what no how that is no (laughs) no um so she was banned from traveling within 25 miles of her victim's family without supervision after her release she changed her name to tia carter and altered her appearance undergoing five thousand pound surgery through the nhs to change the shape of her distinctive jaw and later changed yeah and later changed her name again to Jenna Stevens and then Jenna Stevens Goldsworthy. But whenever she changed her name, the press would always find out and release it anyway. So it's completely good. pointless. Yeah. yeah. And also the British press are fucking hounds. So like, good they luck are. getting away with that. Um, I mean, in, in this case, it's a, it's a good thing. Yeah. In 2017, when she was 46, she remarried a 56-year-old bouncer called Phil Goldsworthy in Cornwall. I'm glad you're a bouncer because you're going to have to handle that mental bitch. Phil, (laughs) what are you doing? And he totally knows what she did as well. Like, it's not a secret. So, yeah. Also, fun fact, on her Hindu, she dresses a policeman. (laughs) Like a policewoman. Like, slutty policewoman. Oh, my. She's nuts. And the, the papers covered that as well. They were like, maniac murderer dresses as policewoman on a Hindu. <laughs> like those are those are the um, headlines um oh. so anyway i tried to end on a positive note which is lee's daughter danielle and tracy's daughter carla who are now in their 20s recently became friends again after finding one another oh, on facebook that's good yeah. i was gonna it's ask sweet, about right? that yeah. yeah they're like pals and they're both pregnant oh. at the same time so they were like oh, let's be pregnant friends <gasps> okay i hope yeah. it goes well for them me too I'm assuming she um, doesn't really speak to her mum. <laughs> like, I hope not. I really hope I've not. Seen, I mean, I would. I've seen photos. I've seen photos of the wedding, and I didn't see her in it. So. Okay. Like the press, the press covered her wedding. They were all over it. What? Honestly, wow. the British press are scum. There is nothing they won't photograph. <laughs> Do you think she loves it though? No, she was like kind of looking at the camera a little bit. Like she wasn't like annoyed that they were taking pictures of her. She was like looking right. at the camera and like smiling and. Okay. Stuff. So yeah, she kind of reminds me of Casey Anthony or like just mm. someone who's just got gigantic bollocks and is like, prove I did it. <laughs> like yeah. that's she's that Jody kind of guy. Arias. Yeah, um, yeah. Just telling ridiculous lies, changing the story like every five minutes. Right. Like, 
crazy. I mean, she's out of prison now. She seems to be living her best life. What the fuck? Okay, so I can just stab my boyfriend in the back yeah. and lie about it and get 14 years? That's nothing. Right. And then get married when I get out and get plastic surgery and change my name and it's all great. For free. <laughs> What is the point in her getting plastic surgery? So everyone knows, like, yeah. who she is. I feel like if I saw her face, I would recognize it. I didn't know the ins and outs of it. I I kind of want to show. Right, I'm going to show you this picture of her looking mad, and okay. you tell me if you recognize the picture because okay. it's so horrible. <laughs> wait there, wait there. And we will post this on social media so you guys can. Oh yeah, that looks familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Doesn't she just look insane? <laughs> she looks insane and she also just looks like she's acting. She looks yeah. like she's a liar. Yeah, she does, yeah. There's why would you be doing that at a press conference no. where your boyfriend right. has just died? Yeah. You would yep. be in bits. Like <laughs> oh, anyway, so that's mine. Um good job. She actually yeah. looks um We'll post that Thanks. picture on social media and uh, you yeah. guys can weigh in on what you think she looks like as well. <laughs> she looks like a fucking nut. She also looks really good on her wedding day, which is pretty annoying. <laughs> oh. Well, we'll forget about that. Yeah. Um, good okay. job. Thanks, mate. What's your story? All right. Well, we're doing I it, Talissa. <laughs> we're going to go down. We're going to dive in. We're going to do it. What? We're going to cover Chris Watts. No! I can't believe it! I can't believe it! We're doing it. Well done, mate. Yeah. And it's dense. So I really, um, instead of focusing on like their beforehand, because everyone knows about that and we are going to cover it, but I really wanted to find out like afterwards, because obviously that documentary came out in 2020. On Netflix and great, yeah. So I just wanted to see. I was interested to see like where everything was at after that came out as well. Yes. All right. I'm really looking forward to this. Let's get into it. So, Christopher Watts and Shannon Ruz. Ruz. I can't. I can't say her last name. Bruzuzek were both from North Carolina. Chris was from Spring Lake, and Shannon was from Aberdeen. Chris was born on May 16th, 1985. He's only two years older than me. And Shannon was born January 10th, 1984. So she was a year older than him. So the two met in 2010 and they married on November 3rd, 2012. So they were together for two years and then they got married. Over the course of their marriage... crazy long, is it, to be together before you're married? Um... It's not, I think it's reasonable. I think, yeah, it's a reasonable amount, I think. Okay. Okay. Like, we got engaged two years in, (laughs) and then we got married four years in. So we were engaged for two years. Yeah. I guess it's adequate. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, over the course of their marriage, Shannon shared much of her life on social media, including the birth of their two daughters, Bella in 2015, and Celeste, or Cece, who was born in 2017. Shannon also shared their struggles with money and how they both worked hard to get out of debt. In 2013, they moved to Colorado into a five-bedroom home in the town of Fredericks, which was just like a nice suburban town in Colorado. That house is beautiful. 
It was so it's nice. Yeah. I wonder where that is now. I wonder if anyone lives there. <gasps> uh, I would imagine that Chris Watts sold it to pay legal costs, if I had to guess. Yeah, so somebody's got to live it. there. I also um, heard that some of his neighbours said that people drive by and, like, look at it like it's a tourist attraction. I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. that happens. I mean, I probably mm-hmm. would. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I'm in the area. <laughs> yeah. Why would yeah. I be in Fredericks? But, yeah. Why would anyone? Yeah. And, yeah, I wonder how their neighbours feel. Like, if if your next-door neighbours went through this... And you witnessed some of it, like you were the guy who had the security camera. Like, would you still stay there? Do you think? I feel like I wouldn't. He, it would be really he is, unhappy. He is still there. There's again Discovery ID. I should have just fucking work for that channel. But they've got a program <laughs> called um, Chris Watts. Um, his friends speak. And oh, it's like sh- it's like Shannon's best friend and the neighbor that had mm. the uh, thing and like. Um, yeah they're mostly Shannon's friends but it's and people that knew them as a couple but yeah they all talk about them and it's super interesting yeah because he didn't really have friends he wasn't like not really a friendly no. outgoing guy I feel like she was the glue that held their friendship group together yeah probably I believe it yeah so in November or sorry in 2015 they claimed bankruptcy but the two of them continued to work hard with Chris working for an oil company and Shannon joined several pyramid schemes to make ends meet. And it's really shitty, but even now there's criticisms against Shannon for like joining MLM schemes and uh, like trying yeah. to, to kind of force and, and be bossy with Chris and like that's what caused some things. And it's like, oh, please. No. Yeah. Like a bloke murders someone, let's find a woman to blame. Right. Get fucked. Yeah. In my research for this, there's um there's a pretty big Reddit community talking about this, but uh there's still people who are like for Chris and say that Shannon was instigating and stuff like that, and it's just like Right, that is just misogynistic no. shite. Right. It clearly is. And yeah. it's it's like look at her text messages and and which we'll talk about a little bit, but also her friends who cared so much about her. Like if your friend is like someone like Tracy in your story, she probably didn't have a lot of friends. They're no, not going to like stand like by it. her and check up on her in her yeah. pregnancy, you know. And yeah. Shannon did have friends that did that. So and honestly, it's like a bloke is a little bit bossy. He's just authoritative. A woman's a little bit bossy. She deserves yeah. to get fucking murdered. Right. Apparently. <laughs> like, come on. Apparently, I yeah. I don't care how fucking bossy she is. You don't get to murder her. Even if no. she was bossy. Which I don't think right. she really was. <laughs> no. She was just trying to hold her family together. She's just trying to run so. stuff with a guy, guy who obviously has shit for brains. Right. <laughs> So in June of 2018, so they've been married for, got married in 2012. They've been married for six years. Chris allegedly began having an affair with a co-worker, Nicole Kessinger or Kessinger. I'm not sure. Kessinger, I think. Uh, Yeah. While Shannon would travel for work, Chris would leave the children with a babysitter and take Nicole out. 
Shannon began to be suspicious when she saw receipts of dinner for two at a restaurant, and Chris would tell her that it was just dinner for him. And I think she just wanted to believe him. He's so stupid. Like, kids He's talk. So kids would go, Daddy left us with a babysitter. Like, they were like, yeah. she was like four. Like, she's more than old enough to tell her mum what happened. Right. And then, don't lie and say it was you. Say you went out with a friend. Get a friend yeah. to cover for you. Obviously, you don't have any yeah. friends, so that's a bit unbelievable. But... Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So the two would often argue, sometimes with their neighbors overhearing. To their neighbors, Shannon seemed like a warm and loving mother, while Chris was quiet and unassuming. So their arguments stood out to the next-door neighbors, like they would be screaming at each other. Wow. By 2018, Shannon wanted to have another child, and she she became pregnant with a third child. She had hoped that this would bring the two closer together. Instead, Chris began saying that he did not want the baby, and he further distanced himself oh. from Shannon. Shannon fought hard for their marriage, writing texts and letters to Chris while she was away, with one saying, I can't lose you. I won't lose you without a fight. I will fight for your love. Fight for us. I can't imagine life without you. It scares me to death every day you go to work or we are apart, flying away. I will do anything always for you, us. Oh, God. Yeah. So, on August 13th, 2018, at around 1 a.m., Shannon returned home from a business trip to Arizona. She was driven home by a friend and colleague, Nicole Utoft. Sorry, Nicole Atkinson. Um, There's like three Nicoles in this story. Yeah, I was going to say, where the fuck is Utoft from? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, it's her like... She has like two last names, but I'm just going to say Nicole. Right, okay. Yeah. But there's there's like, there's Nicole Kessinger, the yeah. side piece. There's Nicole who drove her home. Side and piece. Then, <laughs> <laughs> and then there's uh, Nicole who checks on her the next day. Who we will different uh, one? I thought that was the same person. <laughs> no, so did I. Right, through this whole story, different. I thought that was the same person. <laughs> I thought that too. Um, okay. So she was driven home by Nicole Atkinson. Uh, Chris was home with their daughters. Shannon was 15 weeks pregnant at this time with the couple's son. At this point, um, Chris and Shannon uh, they had sex and then they began to argue. That's when Chris began to strangle her. He claimed later that she did not fight back, and there was there has been some suspicion since then that he might have drugged her so she didn't mm-hmm. fight back at all. Or just strangled um, her like in her sleep, right? Like started strangling her while she was asleep so she didn't have a chance to yeah, fight yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. Um that could have been it too. Um so Bella and Cece woke up in the early morning hours and asked their dad what was wrong with Shannon. He moved her body from the bed into the truck, and the and he got the girls in the truck as well. At 5 a.m., he drove her body to an oil drilling site where he worked, taking his daughters with him. Once there, he smothered the girls and dumped their bodies, burying Shannon in the field and putting Bella and Cece in oil batteries not too far from the field where Shannon was buried. Chris then continued his day at work. It, I'm just going to continue with my day. How he killed his kids is fucking monstrous. Like, I ingest so much true crime. 
and that even to this day like gives me fucking chills to well think about. there's something that came out that he said very recently <gasps> and no. we will talk about that in a little bit um, about that specific thing okay. so that morning shannon's other friend nicole wait oh, maybe it. it is the same <laughs> i thought it was different okay maybe i'll cut all that bit out because i don't want to get it is, wrong no you don't have Anyways. to cut it out like the, the point is there are a lot of nicoles and yes it's really unhelpful and coincidental that he was shagging a nicole and that a nicole saved his wife <laughs> yes Nicole Atkinson, she grew concerned when Shannon wasn't answering her texts or phone calls. Shannon had also missed a scheduled doctor's appointment. After Shannon missed a business meeting later that day, Nicole went to the Watts home at about 12.10 p.m. When she knocked on the door and she rang the doorbell and nobody answered, she notified Chris, who was at work, and they called the police, the Fredericks Police Department. Mm-hmm. So Chris came to the house. He was acting erratically when the police arrived. And at this point, I want to tell everyone to go on YouTube and watch the police camera footage oh because yeah. from that point on, it's like you can analyze his behavior. There's a lots of there are a lot of people who do that on YouTube. It's, it's bizarre. so interesting. Yeah, yeah. The way he acts is fucking bizarre. I don't want to. I don't want to like so... shit on your strawberries. So I'll let you go ahead and like talk about the weird stuff that he does. But yeah. So the police questioned him as he, in quotes, searched for Shannon's belongings in the house. So they go into the house, and he's looking around, and he keeps like looking on his phone. And Nicole, you could tell. I think she's there with her son, or uh, she's yeah. there with like another young man. And then obviously the police, who's has a body cam on is just following them around. Nicole looks stricken. You could tell she is oh, so yeah. worried for her friend. And yeah. Chris is just like hunched over, looking at his phone, kind of searching around. Uh, he and- just says random stuff as well. Like, oh, the girls' blankets are here. They don't go anywhere yeah. without those. Like, yeah, in the weirdest tone. And at one point, he, like, in quotes, finds her phone. He finds Shannon's oh my God. phone. And he's, ha- and he's all over it, isn't he? He's, like, he's got yeah. it in his hands and he's, like, won't let anyone touch it. Right. And at that point, you can see Nicole, too. She's, like, she would never leave her phone in bag. No. What woman <laughs> would? We've been through this before. Female on 101. <laughs> no bitch leaves her bag and leaves no. the house. No. Yeah. Uh, so he finds her phone and bag in the house. Uh, they went to the neighbor's home where the neighbor had a security camera set up outside, uh, as the three men watched. So it was the neighbor, Nate Trinestich, I think, I hope that's how you say it. And the cop and Chris. He totally is. So do I. I love him. He needs like, he needs a Victoria Cross or something. He needs some sort of award. Because he is on Chris's ass. Yes. But he's so calm and collected while there. Mm-hmm. So he puts on the the security camera where you can see at one point Chris is like loading up his truck that he backs up to his garage. And yep. the neighbor, Nate, is you could tell he's just watching Chris the whole time. He's not watching the footage. Mm-hmm. He's watching Chris. And okay. then uh, 
Chris says, like, he's putting his hands on his head. He's, like, not really looking at the footage. The cop is, like, facing the footage and watching it and questioning. As um, he should be. So, yes. Everyone is acting how they should, except for Chris. (laughs) Obviously, Chris isn't looking at it because he knows what's on it. Yeah. Already. He knows. He doesn't have to look at it. (laughs) So, they finish watching the footage and there's also this really weird clip in it where it's like a a commercial or like nate had the tv on beforehand and they show this show where it's like a uh there's this very fast clip of like a fetus in a heart (gasps) and uh i was it it is creepy and there was on reddit it was like was that shannon like trying to give a clue from the grave no oh my god i don't even believe in shit like that and even i'm like oh no (laughs) i mean yeah it does give you a little chill coincidence Um, though like mad yeah so they finish watching the footage chris goes back to his house and the cop continues to talk to nate and nate says to the cop that he noticed that chris was acting a lot more chatty than normal and he was being super mm-hmm. fidgety and that he's normally not ever like that. He's just a quiet, just unassuming Nate. guy. <laughs> yes. Nate like Nate is like uh like he's like a gossip at school. Like he just goes he's like, <laughs> yes. he, he's like he never acts like that. Oh my god, he never no. acts like that. Like he is acting fucking weird. Like you, sh- you should know. You should know. Yeah. This guy is being weird. He's like, he's like, nail that motherfucker. He did it. Yes. <laughs> I think we should all strive to be like Nate. Calm and collected a- while it's happening. And afterwards, Gossip. you're like, listen, listen, listen to me. Take it from me, right? I know. Yeah. Also, <laughs> what would I Nate live do? next door. I see them every day. <laughs> yeah. He's got a fucking camera that's basically pointed at their house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love him. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, he told them about his observations and so cops went back to Chris's house and Watts initially told police that day that he had no idea where his family might be and that he had not seen his wife since 5:15 a.m. the previous day when he left for work. So that's what he told cops. Okay. Uh, in the following days, Watts appeared on TV. And again, I encourage everyone to go watch because he's a lying liar. It's um, embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It, it really is. is. The TV news station is like interviewing him. And so he asks the public to help find his wife and children. In the interview, he tells a detailed version of of what he claims happened when Shannon Watts and their daughters Bella and Celeste went missing, including that he and his wife, in quotes, had an emotional conversation before he allegedly last saw her. He also made a direct plea for Shannon and the girls to come home. And he says, like, I just want them home. There's a, this is another case of shrugging. He shrugs a lot mm, in the He does interview. shrug a lot in that. He fucking yeah. does. And he, and he also is crossed. like, he has his arms crossed and he's also kind of like, he laughs a little bit. He, yeah, he's smiling. Yeah, lot. there's there's a one point where he, I saw a screenshot of someone and it was his face and it was a, a screenshot just 
frozen and they had circled like the top of his eyes where his eyebrows are like how your eyes and they they were analyzing how they were upturned showing that he was kind of like gleeful that he was talking about his missing wife when you're angry and upset your eyebrows go down you frown and there's also something called duping delight which is like when you know that you're getting away with a lie yes can't help but do micro expressions like little smiles or right little things like that yeah, I got I got super into a like how do you know people are lying hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At one point. <laughs> yeah. Check it out on YouTube. There are really good analysis of his mm-hmm. facial expressions and his body language. And yeah. um take it with you in life and you'll be able to <laughs> uh Spot pick those out liars. those liars in your life. Yeah. So Police also questioned Chris Watts's uh, mistress or side piece, Nicole, <laughs> who, <laughs> who initially said that she had no idea that Chris was married and had a family. However, the recovered search history on her phone said otherwise. So the police yeah, are I doing like a full blown investigation. Yeah, you are. A, that is the mo- that is the biggest set of bullshit I've ever heard. Like you work with him. Or right. you know him and you know his colleagues. Like, it's when you're... And he wears a wedding ring. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're a fucking nutcase. Uh, <laughs> if you, like... And everyone knows, like, if a girl likes a guy, they're going to, like, look him up and they're going to... Of gonna, course. You're Googling them. You're looking at They their know that they're married before they even say they're married. Talk. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, Shannon, look, was on Facebook... And she wasn't mm-hmm. making a secret of anything. Right. And she's like tagging right. him and everything. Like, yeah. you look him up on Facebook, you fucking see his wife is all over his page. And yes, his exactly. Okay, so Nicole had Googled the name Shannon Watts and Chris Watts as early as September 1st, 2017, which was nine <gasps> months before the two claimed that they began dating uh, in June of 2018. Oh so she had a crush on him and was like checking <laughs> yeah. him out. Yeah. And she also, so leading up to September to June, she also like looked them up several times in between that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just checking if he's still together. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So according to Michael Rourke, a Weld County District Attorney, he said, the dates to which you are referring in 2017, where it appears the Googled or otherwise search of Shannon was data that came off of nicole's phone so they were just proving that like you can't hide from it even if you tried to delete it google Um, knows your shit basically yeah yeah. which is disturbing but good for the police and she still pretended like she was like well i don't know how it got there and he was like i don't know the answer to the question of why or how those dates ended up on your phone but they're there dude i can tell you how What, you think the little fucking secret affair fairy came in and did it? Yeah. <laughs> you don't, the affair don't piss, fairy. <laughs> don't piss on my back and tell me it's raining, Nicole. <laughs> so she also claimed that Chris was more serious about their relationship than she was, but according to more phone data, on August 4th, 2018, so this is like 10 days before the murders, she mm. browsed wedding dresses online for over two hours. <gasps> Um, Dude, which I mean, I have that's so not, done that. Yeah, I do that now. I mean, <laughs> you're married. Yeah. Sometimes it's nice to think what I might look like in a stunning yeah. full, like fishtail gown. 
<laughs> a beautiful white dress that you never wear. Of yeah. course, you're going to look it up at some point in your life. But I mean, have you there's met a women? little bit of a yeah, <laughs> met any female? Yeah. But it, there's a little bit of a coincidence that this was happening 10 days before. I mean, they, she's just like, let's happened. be honest. She's like, dum, dum, de dum. Yeah. Dum, dum, de dum. I am ready. <laughs> yeah. So, I also. Sorry, I was just going to say, like, me and the girls, like, in the group always send this gift to each other, which is like Homer in Marge's wedding dress walking down the stairs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we always send that to each other, like, when we meet a new guy, we're like, we're like, look, I'm not being dramatic, but, and then that gift. <laughs> <laughs> so good. We're all excited. We're all excited to wear a dress. Yeah. Um, that, so she did that search on August 4th, 2018, and then on August 8th, she did another search that was, in quotes, marrying your mistress. So I thought you were going to say something else that she Googled, but I know that she Googled. What? I don't know if you I know what put she that Googled, in. Right? I, I thought you were going to say, like, she Googled something a little less romantic, like a couple of days after, which was how to successfully have anal sex. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot she, about how to that. prepare for anal sex. She was Googling that as well. <laughs> Oh man! Just planning the wedding night, <laughs> getting yep, getting married and having some fun. Dress got to prepare. Tick. Enema tick. <laughs> something borrowed, something blue, something enema, something yep. new. <laughs> That's a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, those she googled those several things. Police reports revealed a few more internet searches she had done after. So. That was on August 8th. Obviously, they went missing on August 13th. And she, after that, she had done a couple more Google searches, <gasps> which was, uh, can cops trace text messages? And then oh, she God. subsequently deleted her messages, photos, and search history before contacting the police. Uh, uh, dude, they can trace your fucking Google history, idiot. Clearly, as we just not discussed. She's a crime buff. Like she is no, she does not watch true crime because if I she mean, did, she wouldn't be googling that shit. <laughs> no, and I think her and Chris are just two dumb idiots. Like what? Yeah, what were they doing? Um, lastly, I have to say this: she she also googled Amber Frey, who was the mistress oh, of Scott Peterson, and yeah. her multiple book deals. So she Googled oh, that. As you well. are not coming off well. No. In this. You're really not. I do not feel sorry for her. Like I don't like I don't blame her and I don't hate her, but I don't feel sorry for her. I I feel I'm the same. It's just like Yeah. Do the right thing. Go to the cops. Tell them everything. Be honest. Like you're going deleting everything. Like just uh, okay, stop like it. what you did was what you did was morally wrong, but it's not legally yeah. wrong. Right. You know you're not going to get arrested for sucking someone's dick when they're married. Like, so just help the police. Yeah. Just get over that. Forget this guy and move on and be honest yeah. and let it all go. Yeah. Um, who knows where she is now and how she feels about it all, but just I think she's disgrace. probably shaved her head and joined a commune because she's yeah. fucked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so back to Chris Watts. So he was formally questioned by police for over 10 hours. He failed a polygraph test and began to feel pressure when his parents flew from North Carolina to join him in Colorado. 
he finally admitted after his father had joined him in the room, in the interrogation room, that he had murdered all three of his family members. He initially blamed Shannon for the murders of the children, but after the police discovered the bodies, Watts admitted to also murdering his children. Investigators located... I know. it's, And you can see that, also that footage, too, where he's saying to his dad, he's saying yep. she was going to hurt them, and so I had to stop her, or something like that. I know, and it's right. like, no. No. Yeah. I wonder how his parents feel. The love you have for your children, you for, you would forgive them, even if they murdered your grandchildren and their wife. Like, it's, I can't. Like, when I look at Tom and his kids, I kind of see it from a different point of view. And I mm. see that Tom would love Austin no matter what he did. Right. There's right. no killing that love. Yeah. So, probably fucking disgusted with him, but still loves him. So disappointed. Man. Mm. I'm um, disappointed he didn't get the fucking death penalty. It fucks well, me off no. that he's flouncing around I prison. To... Well, that's... And that we're going to talk about that in a second, but, like, I'm glad he has to sit in his cell and contemplate everything that he's done. I know, but I, can't I want like that. He's just a psychopathic narcissist who doesn't care. If he yeah. cared, he wouldn't have done it in the first place. Yeah, but he still can't enjoy himself. Like, that's that's the part where it's like, you have to sit in your cell, and even if you don't care, you still have to sit in silence for... 23 hours a day and enjoy yeah. shitty prison food and never go out to the outside and world probably again. probably get your food pissed in, let's be honest. Like, yeah, I doubt it gets exactly. treated very well in there. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. So Ooh, prison investigators. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> prison goss. Where's Nate? He's got the prison <laughs> goss. <laughs> I heard... <laughs> Nate, Nate's in there like instigating yeah. shit to happen to him like, right. <laughs> Nate's got connections <laughs> so investigators located the bodies of the Watts family on the Anadarko petroleum site on August 16th the girls bodies were found in a two crude oil storage tanks while Shannon was buried in a shallow grave nearby he also said later that he buried her away from them because he just really hated her that much which is oh, horrible fuck off yeah also i've seen like the grave site and it seems he's just a lazy fucking cunt he couldn't be bothered to oh, dig yeah. a proper grave he barely buried her and yeah. he buried her in their bed sheets so such an idiot sloppy just sloppy work right like yeah yeah i'll get away with this no one will find it it's just, it's, the sheet was like hanging out of the ground. Like somebody right. would have found her so quickly. Yeah. They may have never found the kids though. Right. And like, maybe that's something to think about. He was so ashamed of what he did to the kids that he yeah. hid them really fucking well. But with her, he was just like, oh, fuck it. He just felt the justified in killing her. Yeah. Right. He's just fucking arrogant. Like so arrogant. Yeah. So Watts was arrested late on August 15th, 2018. On August 21st, Watts was charged with four counts of first-degree murder, including an additional one count per child, cited as, in quotes, death of a child who had not yet attained 12 years of age and the defendant was in a position of trust. So he killed his kids and they trusted him, basically. Oh, God. Yeah. 
He was also charged with unlawful termination of a pregnancy and three counts of tampering with a deceased human body. He was denied bail at his first court appearance. He later entered a guilty plea in November of that year, uh, where he avoided the death penalty in exchange for five life sentences without parole. You, sir, may fuck off. Mm -hmm. He is currently in Dodge Correctional Institution, a maximum security prison in Waupun, Wisconsin. He was moved out of Colorado for security reasons. Too many people hated him. Yeah. Um, which I also love because Colorado is a beautiful state. He yeah. probably had nice views there. It wasn't so cold. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin in the winter. <laughs> is what are you going to say? Death cold. <laughs> probably nothing around. Like he can sit cold in his cell and yeah. be miserable. And you don't know anyone like close enough to visit you either. Like is, is, is Wisconsin quite far from Colorado or? Oh, yeah, it is. Wisconsin is right next to Minnesota, so... Oh, yeah, Colorado's, like, Midwest, right? It's, like, mid... It's, like, you go... If you're California, it's, like, a couple of states over inland. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just, like, beautiful mountains, trees, forests. Like, it's such a beautiful state. So, he's in prison now. He has many pen pals, including... Sherilyn Cadle, who wrote that Chris had admitted to trying to kill his daughters before he killed Shannon that night. Oh, so in a letter, God. yeah, in a letter he wrote her, he said he attempted to suffocate them with a pillow and he thought that they were dead. And then he went and had the argument with Shannon and he killed her. But fuck, uh, he was surprised when the girls woke up in the morning and they came into the room. And he said Bella's eyes had, they were black eyes and both look, oh. both girls looked like they had been through trauma. Um, so that's kind of a new piece of information that oh he God, hadn't said before. That. Yeah. Yeah. He also admitted to Cadel that he had thought about killing Shannon for weeks leading up to the murder. So it was premeditated for sure. Mm-hmm. Sherilyn published her book of correspondence with Chris earlier this year, and it's titled Letters from Christopher, The Tragic Confessions of the Watts Family Murders. I really want to uh, buy that, but it's really expensive. Is it? Yeah. There's like or an like, ebook, which like isn't so expensive. Sold out or, yeah. The reason I didn't get it was either that it was sold out or it was really expensive. I can't remember yeah. which reason, but yeah, it's like basically in demand. Is my point. Um, I also, we'll post it um, on I our also, book list. As yeah, well. definitely. I also heard that another excerpt from that book was that he was trying to drug her to make her mm-hmm. miscarry. Yes, and I don't that know with is what? it with oxy oxycodone or oxycodone. I don't know how people say it, she but she must have been uh, like knackered. Well, that's what they said he might have done on the night. Because she didn't fight back. And he, right. they think that maybe she had that. Yeah, uh, yeah, he yeah. had drugged her Makes with sense. it. So this past year, Watts spent his birthday alone in his cell uh, in May 2021. And apparently there's a source in the prison who often talks to People Magazine about Chris Watts. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Another Nate. Yeah. Um, So they said, no one wants anything to do with him. He's on the lowest social tier of the entire prison. He's in protective custody because if he's around other inmates, 
he'd be in real danger. He's an outcast even among criminals. Even the guards shun him. He's probably the most hated man in that prison. So that was a quote from People Magazine. That's that's quite the achievement, Chris. Yes. And that's what I mean. Like He can sit miserable in his cell for the next 40 years and... Yeah, you're you're convincing me. Yeah. (laughs) I just wanted to be like, oh, he was alone in his cell on his birthday. And then I wanted to be like, with rabid dogs hanging off his danglers. Yeah. Like, I want that to be the caveat. (laughs) Somebody threw boiling hot sugar water on him as well. Happy birthday. That's what I want for him. Somebody made a shit birthday cake, like, made out of shit. (laughs) And was like, oh, here, Chris. Happy birthday. And then threw it in his face. (laughs) Just, yeah, I just, like, fantasize about the shit things that could happen to him. Because he's just the most awful person that ever walked the earth. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, this last little bit. So the Netflix documentary American Murder, The Family Next Door came out in September 2020 following the story of the Watts murders. The filmmakers asked permission from Shannon's family and they closely worked with them too. Chris Watts said that he is triggered by the documentary and it fills him with a lot of shame. No shit. Good. Uh, Shannon's brother Frankie wrote on Facebook when it came out. This documentary gives my sister a voice and she speaks throughout it. It also shows what her life was like before he came along and how happy she was with her beautiful family until he cheated and turned into a different person and became that monster. I highly recommend watching this. Uh, And so do I. Uh, Yeah, I do. I also recommend recommend watching it. If you haven't watched it yet, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a a pretty big downer. I understand (laughs) if you don't want to. Some people but, avoid that case like the plague, and I don't blame them. Yes, it's but it is very creative how they do give Shannon's voice by reading her texts and her showing her social media videos. And there's no narrator, um, is there? No, it's just all yeah. found footage, basically, Real footage, and texts yeah. and yeah. messages and things like that. So yeah, um, I think it's so yeah. well done. Check it out and. That was the story of the Watts family murders with the stupid idiot, Chris Watts. Stupid idiot. (laughs) (laughs) He really is a plonker. Um, Yeah. Yeah, no, that's really well told and stuff I didn't fucking know. And like, I am like a raccoon through garbage with that case. I want to know everything, especially how shit he's getting on in prison. He's got a fucking girlfriend, though. I don't know like how every... serious that is because everything that I've read for recently, it, she there was no girlfriend around. So oh, okay. uh, I'm not sure if they're senses. still together. Yeah, maybe yeah. she uh, got, got enough hate mail that she bit. rethought yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, great story, mate. Um, Thanks. And, you know, it was one of those ones that was just hanging there. It had to be done at some point. <laughs> yes, I had it to really do did. it. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Okay, well, I'm going to go and sit in a boiling hot hot tub in a boiling Fun. hot atmosphere. Awesome. So, <laughs> yay. Have a great time. Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. Love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Transatlantic Crime this week. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at transat crime pod instagram at transatlantic crime and on facebook with transatlantic crime podcast
Thanks. Bye. <laughs>